0: Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Some developments since the last time we met. First, some good news about um, my book, Get Trump. I mentioned yesterday that it was, there was a bollocks on Amazon and it was impossible to order and people were complaining, you know, over the weekend it was number one uh, on Amazon for nonfiction. Then it went down uh, quite a bit because people couldn't get the book. Well, Now you can get it with one click. And I expect all of you to make that click and buy it and make me number one again. That will be the best, best message to uh, those who are trying to get Trump by unlawful and illegal uh, means. Um, So that's the first point. The second point, just to bring you up to date, I spent a lot of today working on um, an effort to create a compromise in Israel. Over judicial reform um, and uh, put an end to uh, the demonstrations and uh, uh, bring about a resolution and uh, marginalize the extremists on both sides and and create a, a more centrist policy. And I was in touch today with uh, a number of the Israeli leaders. Um, I'm not authorized to identify who they are, but they're um, pretty high up, and um, I'm playing some kind of a a role in trying to um, bring about this resolution. It's not going to be easy. And to the extent I'm allowed to, I will I will bring you up to date. But today, we're dealing with a completely different subject, the subject about which I know a great deal and very little. Okay. And that is the attempt by Congress possibly to ban TikTok. Now, I don't know anything about TikTok. In fact, my son had to tell me it's TikTok, not TikTok. Tic-tac. TikTok's a mint. TikTok, the mouse run up the clock. So I now know it's TikTok. I actually tried to get it online uh, with my technical skills. I had a lot of trouble. My wife finally got it. And I I watched a couple of uh, TikTok uh, episodes. They're cute, um, but I don't know very much about them. I'm not on TikTok, although the Durst Show is. You can get a couple of dozen. Uh, episodes or short excerpts about, uh, if you just put in der show on TikTok, you'll see a few of my one or two minute uh, little um, episodes uh, uh, illustrated, etc., cetera, uh, which, which I helped to, to produce. But I don't know very much about it. I'm not, I am not a consumer, but I'm here to speak on behalf of consumers. Uh, so far, the debate over whether to ban TikTok has to do with whether TikTok, which is a Chinese company, has any First Amendment rights to to, uh, show its product uh, in the United States. That is monumentally irrelevant. Uh, What's relevant is, do Americans have the right to access uh, TikTok? After all, as Justice Marshall once said, the right of freedom of expression is a a two-edged coin, a two-headed coin, or two-edged sword, a two-headed coin. Uh, It involves the right of the speaker to speak. That's TikTok and the right of the viewer, the listener to see and, and, and listen. And if Congress uh, succeeds in totally banning uh, TikTok, it will not only deprive uh, Chinese company or a company from Singapore, we don't know exactly much about it. Uh, the CEO is from Singapore, the guy who's been talking in front of Congress, uh, this is from China. Uh, we, we will not only deny people who perhaps are not American citizens of their right of freedom of expression, but much more relevantly and much more importantly, deprive the millions of Americans of the right to view and see and make their own decisions about whether they want to access uh, TikTok. as a simple way of exercising your First Amendment rights not to see it, just don't see it. Uh, I've exercised that right for a long time. I didn't know very much about it, except uh, my son would call me so every so often. I'd say, wow, there was something really interesting. On, on, on TikTok, and um, I usually couldn't access this. I didn't know how to put in my password or code or anything like that, but he would send it to me sometimes. So I've seen a couple of them, and I have no view. Uh, I don't think America would be uh, a poorer place if uh, TikTok had never been invented, but that's a very big difference from saying the United States government has the power uh, to ban it. Um, and if they do have the power, which I don't believe they do, whether or not they should exercise uh, that power. Now, look, of course, the United States has the right to prevent certain products coming in from from China. For example, there are are indications now that fentanyl is coming in from China. Of course we should. Uh, There's no First Amendment right to have fentanyl, um, but there is a First Amendment right to listen and watch uh, TikTok. So there's an enormous, enormous uh, difference. And I think some of the Congress people who are looking to ban it are not recognizing the constitutional rights. It's very surprising that for the first time, first time ever, I think I'm on the side of the squad. The squad, I hate them. You know, uh, the the radical hard left, um, uh, anti-Israel, anti-American often, um, uh, extremist Democrats, um, Ilan Omer and, you know, all the others. I'm on their side on this. They're among the only democratic, members of Congress who are railing against efforts. And, you know, I don't believe them for a minute because they're the personification of free speech for me, but not for thee. Uh, they don't care about uh, free speech of speakers at Stanford, uh, university who are shouted down by, uh, hard left, uh, persons. They probably support the the censorship there, but, you know, just because you're a hypocrite doesn't mean I don't agree with you on something. A broken clock is right twice a day. And, um, Uh, The squad is is right maybe twice a year, um, maybe only once a year, just on this issue. So don't count me as a supporter of the squad. I'm a strong opponent of the squad. I am actually more opposed to Democratic squad members than I am to most Republicans, not extremist Republicans like Congresswoman Green, but uh, ordinary centrist uh, or even right-wing Republicans. I'm probably on balance more opposed to to the squad, largely because of their anti-Israel and anti-American uh, attitudes, but generally on the merits of their views. But on this one, I'm on their side. I, I don't believe they're properly motivated. I think they must have some agenda there, why they particularly focus on a Chinese company. You have to ask them. I don't know the answer to that. They are not generally known as free speech advocates. They are not generally known as libertarians. They're not generally known as civil libertarians at all. They're not generally known for due process for me and the speech for thee, but and the it's generally the opposite. But on this case, they're they're on the right side. So what are the arguments that are being made by those in Congress who would have a total outright ban on TikTok? They claim that there are national security uh, concerns. Well, let's hear what they are. Let's lay them out. Let's uh, be very particularistic. And if they are, let's see if we can come up with a a remedy that the constitution the First Amendment requires in First Amendment related cases. That is, that the remedy has to glove fit the problem. It has to be precise. It has to not go beyond the problem. So if there are national security issues, let's see if they can be, If they ha- first let's see if they're different from national security issues opposed by Facebook or whatever its company is called today. Um, and um, uh, other companies, Twitter, uh, every every social media company has the potential for having information gathered and then given to the wrong uh, uh, people. So let's see what 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 that is. That's one of the major reasons that uh, members of Congress want to totally ban uh, a TikTok. But uh, we have to know precisely what the problem is, how it differs for American-owned companies and foreign-owned uh, companies whether the Constitution permits broad broad banning or would require narrow tailoring of the remedy to the specific national security concerns. We need to know that. The other big issue, I'm told, is that people are concerned that TikTok is being used and misused by children and harming uh, children. You know, there's an old Supreme Court case on that. Uh, I think it was New York. I think this case is called Winter. Winters, or something, you know, these are cases that pop into my head after 60 years of having studied them. I think that's the name of the case. Um, it was a case in which New York banned uh, comic books, um, basically saying they're no good for, for kids, particularly violent comic books. And the Supreme Court said the fact that something is no good for kids is not a constitutionally permissible basis for banning it for adults, so you have to limit um, the ban to only those groups of people that can uh, be harmed by it and that the Constitution permits you to protect. Children can be protected. Now, the argument on the other side is, well, but, you know, if you allow comic books into a person's house, um, they're going to be read by by children. Just remember the, the good old days or the bad old days when adults would buy Playboy magazine. Um, every kid I know managed to sneak, every boy I know managed to sneak copies of, of a Playboy magazine uh, into their uh, rooms for at least uh, a while, read them and do whatever they were doing with them, and then return them to where their father had hidden them under the mattress. So uh, you know, when you have a ban um, against adults, generally, it's more effective in preventing the item from getting to children. If you ban only the children, how are you going to enforce it? Um, you know, kids get access to uh, to the media. But of course, we have that in the law today, uh, for example, adult pornography um, is not in law, but in practice available to adults. And obviously, kids get access to the to the adult pornography. If in fact, all of adult pornography were banned on the internet, because it will go down and reach the kids, it would be much more effective. But uh, the courts have not accepted that. And the American public hasn't accepted that. It Pornography is rampant on the uh, Internet today. And of course, the definition of pornography um, changes. Um, When I was a law clerk, um, um, I remember there was a film called The Lovers and Justice Goldberg was on the Supreme Court and I was his law clerk. And uh, he wouldn't let me see the film, even though I was like 23 years old. He said, it's it's banned for children. 23 years old. No, no, no. We're not going to let you see it. He came back from the showing and said, that film should be banned. I said, Mr. Justice, you're a First Amendment person. Not for pornography. He said, it should be banned for boredom. It was the most boring thing I had ever seen in my life. And then a few years later, when I became a young lawyer, I defended the film. I am uh, The Lovers, by the way, can be seen today on it's probably a G-rated movie. The same thing with I Am Curious Yellow. That was the first major pornography case in the Supreme Court. I argued that in the United States Supreme Court at the age of, what, I don't remember, 29 or 30, It was a pretty young lawyer arguing uh, a major Supreme Court case. And um, uh, obviously, we we ultimately prevailed. We went back and forth, but the film was shown uh, today again. I think you can get it on the internet Uh It has a couple of moments of uh, of nudity. It's mostly a film, a political film, against the Vietnam War, pretty awful film. And so uh, definitions of pornography change. And, of course, Potter Stewart's famous line uh, when he was asked to define hardcore pornography, says, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it, and this isn't it. And so definitions change. And right now, the law in practice seems to be that adult pornography can be shown on the internet, uh, on cable television. Uh, It just can't be shown to children, but obviously children have access to it. And the same rules probably apply to children and, and TikTok too, because if you allow it for adults, kids will get access to it. But if you don't allow it for adults on the ground, that it might get to children that seems to violate the Supreme Court's decision. In that case, I think it's called Winter, but I don't remember for sure. You can check it out. Uh, So I'm against uh, banning uh, TikTok. I would have no views on time, manner, um, place, locations, uh, and location uh, restrictions that uh, the films can't be shown certain times of day, during the day when kids are up, maybe they have to be shown. Uh, at midnight, I'm not sure any of that will really have an impact. But um, the burden of proof, and it's a very, very, very heavy burden of proof, is on those who would ban anything that's available to Americans. And uh, I don't believe that those in Congress who would ban TikTok have satisfied anywhere near their burden of proving That uh, the harm caused by uh, TikTok is uh, sufficient to justify a total ban. If they want to have a partial ban, a ban limited to uh, issues that uh, may affect national security, I'm not sure how you would bring that about. Uh, But you can probably ban the harvesting of information, Uh, you might be able to impose restrictions. On TikTok, not to be able to obtain or send information that is sent to them. Uh, I just, in preparation for the show, signed up uh, for for TikTok. Um, And I had to give them, what, my phone number? I think that's all. They sent me a code. I then fiddled around, couldn't do it particularly well. And my wife got on the internet and she did it instantaneously. Um, But I don't think we provided them Any particular information. Now, I suspect what they're talking about, again, I'm not an expert and I am an expert in the First Amendment. I'm not an expert on the technology. I suspect what they're really talking about is that when I start picking uh, items to watch on TikTok, they can then profile me and say, ah, Dershowitz likes classical music. And uh, he listens to cello concertos. And so we're going to send him lots and lots of cello concertos. Isn't that right? I love cello concertos. And if you send me that, I will watch them. Dershowitz likes sports shows. and um, Oh, my son just sent me, actually, this is true. My son just sent me a TikTok. There's apparently a TikTok of athletes fighting. And my son sent me a TikTok of a game that we were at. Uh, a Celtics-Detroit uh, basketball game where uh, the dirtiest player probably in the history of basketball, Lambeer, um, uh, came down on Larry Bird when he was trying to uh, score a layup. It was an easy layup to score. And of course, Lambert was entitled to try to stop it from happening. But he just destroyed Bird, knocked him to the ground. It was a mugging. And Bird got up and just beat the hell out of Lambeer, uh, and then Lambeer attacked Bird, and all the people on the team came and tried to hold them apart. Elon, my son, sent me that, and I enjoyed watching it, not because of enjoying the fighting, but I was there. I remember uh, we had great seats in Boston Garden for years and years. Red Arback arranged them for us because I was a friend of the great Red Arback, and so we saw all the great Celtics games, all the great Celtics greats, from, you know, Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, uh, Larry Bird, you name it, we saw them all. And so it was very nostalgic to see that. So now I'm on TikTok as somebody who likes cello music and sports. So I expect to get a lot of that. But if I was somebody who wanted you know, pornography or something like that, they would have that uh, in some record. And uh, they could use that maybe as a, a national security extortion threat. I don't know, but I think there could be rules that uh, prevent or limit the harvesting of such material or the misuse of such material or the sending of such material back to China. All that's reasonable. As long as you don't stop Americans from viewing something they would like to see. Um, You know, it's interesting when uh, the United States banned uh, some anti-Vietnam speakers from France- from coming to the United States and making an anti-Vietnam speech, which they were entitled to do. You can prevent people from coming into the country. Uh, We arranged to have them do it. This was before Zoom uh, by video uh, or by some primitive old method. This was, I don't know, the 70s. But we did it. And, um, And they couldn't stop us because the Constitution permits you to keep a foreign person out of the country, but it doesn't permit you to keep the ideas of a foreign person from being heard or seen by Americans who want to see that. It's so important to remember that the First Amendment includes the right to hear, the right to see, the right to access. And so I'm continuing to oppose TikTok. Um, um, uh, Happy to work together with the squad to achieve this one result. And let's not ever uh, uh, have anything to do with each other again. The only thing that could turn me away from being a Democrat is if anybody from the squad ever got nominated for anything other than local uh, office. Um, But uh, they're right on this one. And uh, I think that those congressmen, many of whom I probably agree with on many issues, uh, who want to ban uh, TikTok generally, have a burden of persuasion that they certainly haven't satisfied with me. Uh, whether they've satisfied them with you, I leave that to you. But for me, you always err on the side of more free speech and less censorship. So let's see what happens. And let's see what my letters are today. So uh, got some very nice, very positive letters today. Uh, congratulations on the success of your book. Can't wait to read your book. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, and I, I appreciate uh, everybody who's who's bought the book. Uh, the book is awesome. I got mine. Reading it in the reading it reading it in one weekend. Okay. Um, the smartest lib- legal mind in America, a true liberal, one who believes in protecting the rights of the minority, free speech, civil rights, and the individual versus the state, regardless of one's political view. I love this guy, even though he's a little soft on gun control. Uh, From an admirer and a Christian Zionist, P.S. Just purchased your new book. First of all, people, you know, a Christian Zionist, that's great, but there are millions of Christian Zionists because all a Zionist is, is somebody who believes that Israel has the right to exist as a nation straight to the Jewish people. You don't have to support Netanyahu, you don't have to support or oppose judicial reform, you don't have to take a position on the two state solution, you don't have to take a position on the occupation of the West Bank or on what's going on in Gaza. All you have to do is believe that the Jewish people, like people all over the world, uh, have a right to have a nation of their own. Um, Israel is a, a nation of close to 9 million people, 20% of which are, are Arab. Most of those are, are, are Muslim. Uh, there are many Christians. Uh, they all have equal rights, um, although not equal responsibilities. Um, I think it's a mistake for Israel to allow Arabs not to be drafted into the army. Um, Many Arabs on their own uh, voluntarily serve in the Israeli army. Uh, Bedouins, Druze, and if I were the Israeli prime minister or the Israeli Knesset, I would require every Israeli citizen. Arabs, very religious, Haridim, all to serve in the army. Now, that doesn't mean you all have to be in combat, uh, but you all have to take two years out of your life, Devoted to the protection of Israel, one way or another. That's what every citizen is required to do. I would favor that in the United States, too. I would favor two years of compulsory military service, broadly defined, uh, to include all kinds of benefits to society uh, and let people understand, as John Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I think every able bodied no, every person, even able, even non-able body, uh, should have to uh, serve and, and provide services to their government for a period of time, with exceptions. Obviously, there are always going to be exceptions, but that should be the presumption. And that should be the rule. As far as me being soft on gun control, I don't know what that means, whether I'm f- in favor of too much gun control or too little gun control. I'm in favor of... Um, waiting periods. I'm in favor of identification. I'm in favor of uh, limiting places where guns can be uh, carried. Um, if I were rewriting the Constitution, if I were at the Constitutional Convention or the conventions that produced the Bill of Rights, I would not have included the Second Amendment. I don't think the right to bear arms belongs in a Constitution. Uh, it, it is no other major Constitution. Uh, but it's in the Constitution. And because it's in the Constitution, I support it. But I read it Uh, to allow reasonable restrictions, Uh, um, a well-regulated militia being necessary. A well-regulated militia means that guns that are in the control of the militia should be well-regulated, which means that guns generally are subject to regulation. I think that's the right approach. I don't think that makes me either soft on gun control or soft on gun ownership. I saw a cartoon today. The headline: Trump to be indicted for tearing mattress tag off in 1972. I actually saw that. That was a um, that was a, um, a cartoon, um, um, not just a cartoon, but a video cartoon. It was very, very funny. You can probably access it. Uh, Trump uh, uh, being um, uh, prosecuted and convicted for ripping the. T- Remember, the mattress says uh, always. Uh, re- removing this tag is a re- violation of law. That's nonsense, of course, but that's 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 the way this was parodied. But it's true. And let me read you from an opinion, a dissenting opinion that was just written by a judge in the in the Boston area. Uh, he reminded us, um, criminal laws have grown so exuberantly and come to cover so much previously innocent conduct that almost anyone can be arrested for anything. And that's a quote from Justice Gorsuch, who is you know, a pretty conservative member of the United States Supreme Court. Another one, my friend, Harvey Silverwhite, the average business professional in this country wakes up in the morning, goes to work, comes home, takes care of personal and family obligations, and then goes to sleep unaware that he or she likely committed several crimes that day. Um, He wrote a book called Three Felonies a Day in which he demonstrates that the laws are so pervasive today uh, that almost anybody can be said to commit three felonies a day. And that's what's going on with uh, Donald Trump. They're rummaging through the case books, uh, through the statute books. And that's why this cartoon is actually quite funny. Um, They if if they couldn't get him for uh, this uh, false entry about his. Uh, Payment of hush money, well, maybe they'll get him for ripping the tag off a mattress. So uh, thank you for bringing that to uh, my attention. I think it's a very, very good point. Um, Okay. Um, I had mentioned that I spoke to a group of um, uh, Republicans, uh, and I told them why I was not a Republican. Um, And uh, so somebody wrote me about that. Imagine Democrats hosting a speaker on why I am not a Democrat? Well, I have issued a challenge. If any Democratic club wants me to speak, uh, I will speak. But the truth is, Democrats don't want me to speak because I defended President Trump on the floor of the Senate. The Jewish Democrats of Martha's Vineyard held a fundraiser. I was prepared to donate to that fundraiser. I am Jewish, I'm a Democrat, and I live in the summer on Martha's Vineyard. Not only didn't they invite me, they deliberately disinvited me and my wife they didn't want me even to come to the event. They surely would never have allowed me to speak. So I have to tell you, I think today, many, many Republicans are more tolerant of, of dissenting speech than are our Democrats. Um, uh, Professor Dershowitz, sometimes I like you, sometimes I don't like you. But one thing is... Sure, you have a brilliant mind and, strive, and I strive to emulate your unmatched command of alloc, elocution. Well, uh, I already have three of your many books on the shelf. Your one-man show is great. And I think you do need to foil somebody else on the show who can banter with your brilliance. I agree with that. If we can work it out technologically, I'd love to do that. I understand the logistics of doing this, but this is your optimum to be asked uh, with you in dispensing wisdom. So yeah, I, I'd be happy to try to do that. I hope someday in the future. This is an interesting and difficult one. You say that Israel is a vibrant democracy. I have an article on today's, you can get it, today's Newsweek magazine in which I say Israel is among the most vibrant democracies in the world. They've had more elections in the last six years than any democracy in history. They've had demonstrations, etc. I make the case for Israel's vibrant democracy. But can Israel, who oppresses the Palestinians, be called a democracy? Name me one other democracy today that treats a group in their country as Israel treats the Palestinians. Uh, you can't. Yeah, I can. I can. Um, uh, and, and you'll hear why in a minute. What does that say? You never mentioned the Palestinian apartheid in your support for Israel's democracy. But such a glaring omission, Alan, is very telling and very sad. Perhaps you should spend less time promoting your book and more time pointing at Israel's misdeeds. I can do both. Um, So let's get to Israel for just a minute. In 1947, 1948, uh, the United Nations partitioned Israel into two states, a Jewish state, a state for the Jewish people, and a Palestinian state, a state for the Palestinian, the Arab people. Um, Israel accepted it. The Palestinians not only rejected it, but fought a genocidal war uh, against Israel that resulted in the refugee problem. There was no refugee problem. If the Palestinians had accepted the UN resolution, there'd be a Palestinian state. Uh, twice as big as Israel in terms of arable usable land, and there would be no refugees. So that was 100% the fault of of Palestinians. Then the Israelis offered the Palestinians a state in 1967, 1990, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2007, and they still are willing to come to the bargaining table to create a viable two-state solution. Can you name any other people that have been offered a state? If the Kurds were offered a state, they'd jump at it immediately. So the, the issue of the Palestinian uh, refugees, the issue of Palestinians in the West Bank is 100 percent the fault of the Arabs and not of, uh, of, of Israel. You know, between 1948 and 1967, there wasn't a single Israeli on the West Bank. Uh, The West Bank was controlled by the Jordanians. Did the Palestinians even ask the Jordanians for a state? Not that I'm aware of. The Gaza Strip was controlled by the Egyptians. Israel wasn't there. There was no no Israeli presence. Did the Egyptians ask for a state? No. It's only when Israel uh, was attacked in 1967 and prevailed and created a military occupation, which is perfect perfectly permissible under um, uh, international law, as long as there is resistance and, 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 and military fighting. Uh, only then did suddenly the Palestinians say, we want a state because we don't want there to be a Jewish state. So yeah, I'm happy to deal with the Palestinians. <laughs> I think it's relatively one-sided. I spoke to the Palestinians. I've actually had dinner with Abbas and Fayyad, the leaders of the Palestinians, and I think they now come to realize that it was a dreadful mistake not to accept the U.N. partition. And had that been accepted, there'd be no refugee problem. There'd be a Palestinian state, hopefully peacefully living alongside Israel. But the Palestinian leadership didn't do that because they didn't want a Palestinian state. They wanted there to be no Jewish state. And they're paying a heavy price for that. I still favor a two-state solution. I'd like to see a two-state solution, but it's becoming more and more difficult. And uh, the the violence by the Palestinians, um, the violence uh, coming from three sides, coming from the Gaza Strip, rockets hitting underground tunnels, uh, hitting Israeli civilians, the violence in the north with Hezbollah, aiming 50,000 rockets at uh, Israeli civilians and civilian targets, and the increasing violence from the West Bank, um, which are killing Israelis and uh, have to be stopped. And so um, it's that violence that's making a two-state solution today less viable. Finally, I don't know anything about the law, but I like your show. I like that because I don't gear my show only to people who are legal experts. I gear my show to people who care about the law, but everybody cares about the law. You can't live in America without worrying about the law. And I try to educate you and give you the information necessary to fight back and defend your own rights. So I'll see you tomorrow night.